2: World
0: stunned. What oh, the football? Oh my goodness. He stumbled and fumbled. The lateral to the corner of the end zone. Can you believe that? They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Well, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog.
1: Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast brought to you by BetMGM. This is the Group of Five Deep Dive. I'm Mike He's joined by my co-host, Mike Ionello. And Mike, we've made it through the entire regular season, landing here in Championship Week. We talk about the NFL draft being graduation day for a lot of our G5 heroes and our favorite players throughout the season. But also, this is a culmination of all the hard work, some teams that we followed throughout the season, certainly for you, North Texas, being able to stretch your wings and finally get to bet them potentially in you know their biggest game in years. A uh, reminder to our audience to follow us over on the Action app. That's BBOC G5 Deep Dive for all of our picks. And one final reminder as well, the Power Five Conference Championship preview will come out a day early. It'll come out tomorrow. That's with Colin and Stucky, breaking down all five of the major conference championship games from Georgia LSU all the way down to North Carolina Clemson in the nightcap. All right. I know we're going to hop in. Hopefully we get uh, another North Texas play from you. I'm I'm really excited for you to, you know, be able to talk about Austin Onney, who, by the way, I, I have to jump in here right off the top. He's a junior. Are you kidding me? I was like looking through his bio, 89th overall pick in the 2012 Major League Baseball draft. And somehow he's a junior, so he gets to come back next year. But we'll, we'll get to that in a second. He'll basically be
3: eligible until he's like 32.
1: This is really the greatest thing that's going. I mean, he makes Chris Winky look like a spring chicken back in the day playing for Florida State. All right, here we go with our G5 heroes from week 13. We we just want Troy's head football coach, John Summerall. I love a good defense. And at the G5 level, sometimes those are not the teams that end up succeeding. Usually it's these high-flying offenses that break through. But they bring him in his first year as the head coach. He was already known as a crack recruiter, did a great job as defensive coordinator at Kentucky, returns to Troy, And has turned this defense from a good defense to one of the best in the G5, arguably the best in the G5. They simply don't give up big plays. They're 12th in limiting explosiveness, 7th in points per game allowed, six in yards per play allowed, 22nd in sack rate. I love this Troy team. I've made no, no bones about it. This is one of my favorite teams. I also have them tied up in a title game parlay. I placed it, I want to say, the first week of September. TCU to win the Big 12 and Troy to win the Sun Belt. So hedge opportunities abound. Big shout out to John Summerall. And also, this is just a Troy program that I'm not sure a lot of people are familiar with this. They're not all that uh, long in the tooth in terms of FBS, you know, experience, but this will be their first outright conference championship since 2009, if they can get it but this has always been a proud program. They were the 1987 division two national champs. So a, a school and a region that really cares about football. I'm just happy for Troy. I'm happy for John
3: Summerall. Who's your G5 hero from week 13. Yeah, I love Troy. Um, I'm also going with uh, a player playing this weekend. I'm going with Boise state quarterback, Taylor green 220 yards and four touchdowns passing against Utah state to get the win. But most importantly, He got the Broncos, one of the all-time greatest covers. For those who didn't see, I'll try to set the stage quickly. Boise State was minus 17 against Utah State. They were up five with a minute 33 to go, and Utah State had the ball at the 15-yard line going in. Boise's about to lose the game outright as 17-point favorites. Instead, they get an interception to seal the win on their second play running the clock out. Green houses it 91 yards. Utah State gets the ball back with a minute four left, throws a pick six to lose by 19. That's what I'm all about. Teaching the boys, play to cover. But this is the entire reason I wanted this segment. I hate calling this a bad beat. This is not a bad beat. This is a miraculous cover. I don't care about Utah State betters. I care about the Boise State betters. Games like this is why you gamble. Unbelievable cover. You can make anything positive, I know. I love that about you. And
1: you were were rewarded from the early going, making things positive for North Texas, who now somehow, against all odds, find themselves in the Conference USA title game, traveling to the Alamo Dome in San Antonio to play on arguably their their biggest game, really, in 15 years. So I I think there's a lot of interest in terms of how they can match up against the Roadrunners, a team that they should have beaten Really, the last time they played, they gave up a fourth and two in the final minute by literally inches. It was a little like, you know, inside screen to Zachary Franklin. He gets tackled. I'm not even sure they reviewed it. They just basically, you know, wave the play on two plays later, the Roadrunner score a touchdown and win the game. So eight and a half, in my opinion, I think is a little bit generous for a North Texas team that, yes, they like to run the football. Ragsdale is their go-to guy right now. But as I mentioned off the top, Ani has been really good. In his last five starts, 285 yards per game, 14 touchdowns and just three picks. Are you on the mean green here, or is it time to go back to
3: the well with Meet Meep Nation? This is going to shock you. Um, I did give out North Texas, plus I think it was 2,200 preseason. Hopefully you guys tailed me and are sitting pretty with that. If you didn't, meet me. Meet me. I'm taking UTSA here. I'm laying the number because you mentioned it. You talked about that first meeting they had. Yes, UTSA kind of needed a miracle to pull out the win. That being said, if you look at that box score, UTSA outgained them 495 to 347. I don't know how the game was that close. UTSA had 32 first downs. North Texas had 13. The Roadrunners had a 51% success rate in that game. North Texas was just at 28%. And you said it. I I know Aani's been playing better. And I do like Aani. I talked about it a lot this year. But when the Mean Green are at their best, it's when they're running the ball well. In that game, UTSA held their their three running backs to just 22 yards on 21 carries. We talk all season about this three-headed monster. Well, Ayo Adai has missed the last two games, and I'll be shocked if he plays. Oscar Attaway has missed the last three games. He's not even on the depth chart this week, so I don't, he's not playing. And this UTSA has been a lot better than expected, and they've been really good against the run. They're top 10 in the country. They're 11th at preventing finishing drives. And this UTSA offense is just humming. You know, Frank Harris has been fantastic. Takari Franklin, Josh Cephas, they're fourth in the country in passing success. They've really gotten the running game going. They've rushed for over 200 yards in five of the last seven games, including 257 against this mean green team. And this North Texas defense is 120th at defending the run. They're 128th in line yards. And, you know, they're better at passing defense, but they still rank just 84th. This UTSA offense should be able to get whatever they want, just like they did the first time these two teams played. And if UTSA is able to take away the run, just like they did last time they played, just like they have for most of this season. We saw how much they outplayed North Texas that first week. And I think they do so again. And I think the score this time around is going to reflect that first game's box score a little bit more than we saw. So I do like North Texas. Hopefully this is a hedge spot and you have that 220 plus 220 in your pocket. But I think UTSA wins this by double digits. Yeah, this is kind of a stay away for me. I, I thought that the line was
1: just about right. And I'm glad that you did the deep dive on the box score there because it was a game that the Roadrunners should have controlled. But instead, it was, you know, touch and go there down at the end. A really exciting fourth quarter. So I'm just going to enjoy it. Just love the game because there's four other conference championship games, at the G5 level, and I have either strong leans or plays on all of them. Let's hop into the MAC title game. This is... And this is Ohio against Toledo on Saturday at noon. Toledo just a one and a half point favorite. The total set sitting at fifty five. And this is a difficult game to handicap. Both quarterbacks yep. are banged up. Maple Missile out for the season. DeQuan Finn banged up and also ineffective. Do we get Tucker Gleason again? That's a question coming into it. C A Bangora time hundred percent. He's really the I in my opinion the best situation for. Ohio to win the football game. They got a turnaround around, hand him the ball. He, his last three games, 139 total yards per game, five touchdowns. Is he going to be running into loaded boxes all game? I'm not sure. But what I knew, do know for sure is that Toledo's below average against the run, and they're 108th in explosive runs allowed. So, in terms of my lean here, I think over 55 is probably my play. I also think it's it's worth noting that Ohio's had a little bit of extended time to get more reps for CJ Harris, their dual threat quarterback who's playing in uh, Rourke's stead. He gives them more on the ground than Rourke does. Obviously, he's a little bit raw as a passer, but I do think this coaching staff has had time to go ahead and put together a good game plan. I think they're going to be able to score in this game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. A lot of the MAC games in the last few years have been high-scoring for the title game, so I'm going to stick with that. Obviously, you're playing indoors, whether or not a concern, and that's not been the case for Maction throughout November, uh, whether it's been freak snowstorms or bitter cold or winds. Perfect conditions indoor here, so I'm going to go over 55 as my
3: play. What do you, What are your thoughts on the Mid-American Conference Championship game? Yeah, you mentioned that it. it's it's a very hard game to handicap given the uncertainty at quarterback. Um, I do actually like Toledo in this spot. Um, I kind of like what I've seen from Tucker Gleason. You have mentioned that Finn's been up and down. And Gleason, I think, has been pretty good in relief. You know, he's not as dynamic as Finn, but we saw, you know, he popped off for 100 yards on the ground in one of those games. And then you know, on Ohio side, yeah, CJ Harris is definitely more mobile than Rourke, but I think there's a much bigger drop off between Rourke and Harris than there is between Finn and Gleason. You know, Rourke is the highest graded quarterback in the country according to Pro Football Focus. He's been awesome this year. He's got to be transferring to a Power Five school. You know, he's he's he has you know future Big Ten quarterback written all over him. But I don't totally agree with you. As I'm a little higher on the Toledo defense, uh, especially against the run. They definitely give up explosiveness on the ground. That has been an issue, but they're 14th in success rate. So they have gotten the job done on a play-to-play basis. And while they do give up those big plays, Ohio is 104th in the country in rushing explosiveness. All of Ohio's big plays has come through the air with Rourke, which they just don't have. Ohio is 104th in explosiveness on the ground and 101st in success rate. So I think they're going to have to rely on the run a ton and I think that kind of plays into what Toledo wants them to do. And, you know, with so much uncertainty on offense for both teams, I'm kind of looking at the defenses here. The Bobcats are 94th in de- defensive success rate, Toledo's 17th. I think the uh, Rocket, Rockets have the best defense in the MAC. We've kind of said that all year. And before the season, I, I said it, you know, I said this was Toledo's year. I'm on him plus 380 to win the MAC from preseason. I'm right. I'm letting it ride. I think hedging is for cowards. What did you say? It's my nerves, sir. I, I just can't stand it anymore. Well, hell, you're just a goddamn coward. You hear me?
0: You goddamn coward!
3: I've, I've had that in my pocket all year. I'm not going to go ahead and give it away. Now that I've made it here, hedging is for cowards. I'm going to ride with them.
1: From one quarterback mystery to another, how about the Sunbelt title game?
3: Don't let the ladies come between you and the belt
1: coastal carolina at troy troy lane eight and a half this number danced all the way up to 11 at one point now back to eight eight and a half range at over at bet mgm 48 and a half for the total and all of this movement is because of grayson mccall is there a chance he's going to play is this a bobby boucher water boy moment where he comes in and helps them win this game in what could be jamie chadwell's last game as the head coach of coastal carolina
3: yeah that was pretty funny how about the time he tackled a guy from Louisville and threw him into the stands?
0: Remember when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the butt Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl? Do you? Yeah!
1: My prediction here is that he is going to be out the door. There's some interesting jobs still open at this point, you know, with fickle moving to Wisconsin. Is there any chance that he gets, you know, at least an interview, a Cincinnati job that's moving to the big 12. There's, there's lots of moving pieces here and also potential domino effect of someone getting plucked for the NFL for next season and how that relates to it. So in my opinion, you have a coach who's at least listening to offers you have the best player in the Sun Belt and Grayson McCall potentially coming back because honestly, Jared Guest and Bryce Carpenter are not good. They cannot run this offense even 50% as well as McCall was. They have only scored 33 points in the last two weeks. And on the other side of things, Troy's offense is as bad as their defense is good. They're 115th in points per opportunity this season. They can't run the ball. So I'm just going to go with a tried and true here. I'm going to go under day and a half. I think this number is way off, to be honest, unless McCall plays. I think it's inflated by four to five points, which is significant in a total situation like this. So I'll go ahead and play this. I think there's a little bit of inflation because Troy played so well in their season finale, but that was against Arkansas State. That was against you know a dead body by Sun Belt standards. That's not going to be the case here. I think Coastal will play hard. They'll have pride. Even the fact that they backed in, not being the the top team in the Sun Belt East, that going to James Madison, but them being ineligible for the conference championship this year. That all being said, I think it's a defensive battle. I think Troy gets it done. Maybe win 7, 10 points. I'm not going to mess with the point spread here. What are your thoughts
3: on the SBC championship match? This line movement is banana lands. I don't know what's going on. You mentioned the uncertainty of McCall, but like nothing's changed. And this, this opened at 6.5 at legal books. Like you said, flight up to 11 and a half at one point. Now it's kind of settled in that 8.5 range. Our action hour power ratings make this game Troy minus seven right now. I was talking to Colin Wilson last night. He said if McCall gets ruled in and it was 100% good to go, he would make this Coastal minus three and a half. He said he has McCall uh, 10 points, the most of any quarterback in the country, given the drop off between the backup, which if you've watched Carpenter or guest, I don't think he's wrong. (laughs) to say so like you said he's the most valuable quarterback to the country to in the country so if it's not McCall and I mean for now McCall was ruled out three to six weeks this will be four weeks so he is in the window but on the earlier side if McCall's out I'm with you where this Troy defense is going to eat those quarterbacks alive I don't even care who plays they don't allow any big plays coastal offense is 78th in rush success 87th in line yards at most, that's even with McCall. The only thing that makes me a little bit nervous is the Coastal defense is horrible. They just gave up 500 yards to James Madison. Granted, you have to wonder how much they were trying or cared. But they're 104th in success right on defense. And like I said, apparently this Troy offense is just a wagon. They have been running the ball lot better recently. Troy is much better on defense. Troy probably has the better offense if McCall's not playing. I've said it all season. I think Troy's the best team in the Sun Belt. I said it last week. I was going to bet Troy. I, I said it jokingly. I was going to bet Troy. I said, I don't care if they're 10 and a half. I'm going to lay it. They like are. So I was like, I said it as a joke, thinking it was going to be like five. And I was like super exaggerating. Apparently I have to now put my money in my office. And guess what? I'm going to, because I'm a man of my word. So I'm not backing off. But if you're somebody who prefers to bet with your brain over your heart, like a loser, then I will admit this line is probably too high. And I'm really hoping McCall gets announced in personally, because Chadwell said he was going to make the decision Wednesday or Thursday. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon. Nothing's come out yet. I'm really hoping McCall gets announced in this line flies towards coastal. And then I'm going to hammer Troy. I think Troy's the better team, even if McCall plays and I hope he plays so I can hammer Troy at a discounted rate. That being said, I actually do like the underlie. I didn't didn't really give much thought of it until you started talking about it. I'm probably going to lay the points with Troy, even if it stays around that eight mark, but I'm a lot less confident in it. If it touches seven again, which the way this line has been going up and down, it may, uh, I'm hammering it, but I'll probably lay it with Troy, but I actually do like the underlie. I may have to put some thought into that. I may take that as well. So you called
1: me out on my total last week. We were red hot in terms of our best bets. We went six and two on the month. We've had our last four, which brings me to my best bet here in championship week, the Mountain West Conference title game. Fresno State traveling up to Boise, Idaho to take on the Broncos. The Broncos minus three and a half and the total at 54. That is not high enough in my opinion. Cold weather, but clear weather, and no wins, and Boise State, which was a corpse offensively, now has freshman Talon Green, who has been a savior for them offensively. In the last five here games, are the they're week. averaging... Here are the week. Here, here are the week. Last five games, they're averaging 36 points per game. He's also, just by his, you know, dual threat quality that he brings to the offense, he's pumps life back into George Helani, who's now absolutely cooking. So this running game is going to be able to keep pace with a Fresno state passing game, which we talked about Jake Hayner in the preseason. He was our G five, all American, our quarterback pick. He's back to his winning ways. 54 to me is a touchdown shy of where it should be. If this was at 60, it'd be a pass for me. I love be over in this spot. So I'm going to go ahead and play this. This is actually an old whack rivalry back to like the David Carr days, the Ryan Dinwiddie days of Boise State before, you know, they became that famous household brand. I'm excited about this game a lot. I think it's going to be a great one. I know that it's to a certain degree, the G5 this year has been a little bit of a letdown because very early, you know, by mid-October, the writing was on the wall that we were not even going to get a team that was going to flirt with the college football playoff, which by the way, if Tulane had found a way, to win in a single possession loss against UCF and you know close loss to Southern Miss. If they were undefeated right now, does Tulane like are, are they on the outside looking in? Are they in that five to six range with Ohio State needing TCU or USC to lose? Like that's an interesting hypothetical, but that's not how it shook out. So we just have to appreciate these games for what they are. And this matchup right here are two heavyweights in the Mountain West Conference. It was early on in the season, at least, it looks like Boise was not gonna be able to carry their weight and really get it together on offense, but they have. I'm excited about this one. I'm going best bet over 54. What do you think about the total here?
3: I actually like that a lot. You said your best bet's the over. My best bet is that this will be the best game of the G5. This, this honestly may be the best game of the weekend, but I think this is the best going to be the best game of all the G5 conference games. I think this is going to be an awesome game. You mentioned the old rivalry. This is actually, even since they went to the Mountain West, this is the fourth time these two teams will meet in the Mountain West championship in the last nine years. Boise State won 2014 and 2017. Fresno State won it in 2018. Each of the last two games have been decided by just three points. And we mentioned that 2018 season, by the way, Jeff Tedford, head coach, that was the last last season before he he left the following season after health reasons. Now his first year back, brings them back to the championship game. This is a something's got to give game because on one hand, Boise State is seven and one since Taylor Green took over as a starting quarterback. Their only loss was by three points with less than two minutes to play against Boise uh, BYU. On the other hand, Fresno state is six and one in games with Jake Hayner. And even with Hayner missing the, a third of the season, the Bulldogs finished 15th in the country in success rate on offense, top 25 run and pass. We've talked about them all year. Hayner, uh, Moreno Cropper, Nico Remigio, Zane Pope, Jordan Mims. This, this offense is loaded. They're the best offense in the conference, and they're going up against the best defense in the conference. Boise State's fourth in the country in success rate on defense. They are number one in the nation against the pass. They are so good at getting their hand on the ball and breaking up passes. That being said, you know I, I don't totally hate your over either. I do think as good as this Boise defense is, I think Hayner's good enough to overcome that. I think he's still going to get his. He's, he's unbelievable. And the, the one area Boise State does struggle is giving up big plays against the pass. Their secondary is sick. They're really good. They have great hands. Like I said, they, I think they're third in the country and pass is broken up. But sometimes they gamble. Sometimes they'll dive to break up a pass. And if they miss, it's a house call. So I do think points can be scored here. They put, these two teams played earlier this year. Boise State won 40-20, to 20, but that was without Hayner. And while the defense was torched on the ground by, you mentioned Talati uh, and Gentry has been awesome too. This freshman running back is going to be sick, but they did keep, keep green in check. They held him to 127 yards passing and just 22 yards rushing on 11 carries. I think the Fresno state defense is a little bit better than they get credit for. This is another game where if you listen to us preseason, I have a Fresno state plus 300 ticket. There are, Dog here, and I'm still letting it ride. Again, hedging is still for cowards. I like. I thought I said Fresno State was going to win the conference before the season. I still think they're going to win it. But I do think this is going to be a very close game. This is one of those games where I'm pretty confident it'll be decided by three points or less on either side. If you gave me Boise State plus three and a half, I would take it. Fresno State plus three and a half, I would take it. That's what I'm getting right now. Three in the hook. If it went to two and a half, I'd probably switch to kind of year over. I do like that as well. But I'm taking the Bulldogs plus three and a half. I just think this comes down to the end. I think it's going to be back and forth contest. I think Jake Hayner is the best player in this game. I think Jeff Tedford is the best coach in this game. Give me the Bulldogs. I think they get it done. I think they get revenge. Like I said, Boise, Boise beat up on them in that first game, but that was without Hayner. Now they have him back. I think he's just too good here. I'm I'm taking the Bulldogs. You brought up
1: Boise's defense, and I think they are certainly a bona fide top 15 defense, but they have feasted on some really bad Mountain West Conference offenses. And when you look at that game that you mentioned, their loss to BYU, Jaron Hall, 377 yards, three passing touchdowns. They ran for 155 as well. I think that's what we're going to see. That game, it's 59. I think we're going to see this game in the low to mid 60s. I think it's going to cruise past it. And it's really going to come down to big plays. And the fact that Boise finally can bring something to the table in that
2: category with Green's athleticism, I think that's going to help aid the sober. All right. Before we continue, as a reminder, the Big Bets on Campus podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. So kick off the new pro football season with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION200. And your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877 hope ny or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states were prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, we turn to our final G5 Conference
1: Championship game, the AAC title bout between UCF and Tulane. Tulane at home at Yulman Stadium, laying three and a half in the rematch. The total here is set at 56 and a half. UCF remains just a really difficult team to handicap. They're a bit of a mystery. They've won four of their last five, so they dropped a game 17-14 to 4-7 and Navy. They could play Mikey Keene, who's more of a pocket passer. They could go to John Rice Plumley. Who knows what kind of combination they're going to go with here. But the reality is... Their offense is a tempo offense. They need to continue to pick up first downs. They get stronger as drives go on. They're ninth nationally in third down conversions. But in that Navy game, they went three for 12. So they can shoot themselves in the foot as someone who was on the wrong side of their game against Louisville. I saw what it looks like when they can't get those, you know, six to 10 play drives going. It really shows in terms of kind of being stuck in the mud, being stuck in neutral. And on the other side of the thing, Tulane's offense remains white hot. I mean the Green Waves average almost 38 points per game across their last 6. Tajay Spears has realized all of his potential. The, you know, Louisiana born high school, you know, stud that they're able to keep in state. He's been on an incredible tear across that 6 game stretch as well, 144 yards per game on the ground with 9 total touchdowns. Central Florida is stout against the run, but when you look at their first matchup, they gave up big plays to Spears. He hit them with a handful of long runs in that game. The Knights are 83rd in explosiveness allowed on the grounds. I think that's going to be the difference here. I'm going to go ahead with the green wave in the rematch, lay in three and a half. I think this number is pretty well calibrated, but I'm going to go ahead and lay it, even with the hook going against me and that key number. What are your thoughts on the Knights versus the green wave in the Big Easy?
3: Uh, I went back and forth on this. All week, well, half the week until Wednesday. Um, I think this is one of those games where if if you told me I had to write up a case for Tulane, I could do it easily and make it super convincing and you know, be so confident in it. And if you told me I had to do the same for UCF, I could do the same. So I've kind of switched back and forth on who I like. But instead, I've settled on what's probably my best bet of the week. And I think a lot of what you just said, is a good argument for me as well i like over 56 and a half because in the first meeting between these two teams ucf won 38 31 in an absolute shootout and they got it done by john rice Plumley going off for 176 yards and two touchdowns on the ground ucf rushed for 336 yards and four touchdowns they averaged 6.2 yards per carry I don't see why that's going to be any different this time around because that's UCF's game all year. They run the football and they do it very well. They have two stud running backs in Isaiah Bowser and RJ Harvey and Plumlee has been killer with his legs. They're 14th in rushing success. And this Tulane defense is 105th in line yards. They just gave up 235 yards and three touchdowns to a Cincinnati team that hasn't run the ball all season. So I think UCF is going to continue to get whatever they want on the ground. If they do get into situations they need to pass, we've seen Mikey Keene come in and be successful in the air. I still don't think Plumlee's that bad throwing it, but they do have that kind of ace in the hole. If they get down and need to throw it, I like having that. They can bring in Keene to throw them back into a game. And you said it. This two-lane offense is just humming. J Spirits has been awesome. He is, He's just, every time he touches the ball, you're like, he may take it 80 like he's just that electric he's that good he's been so good down the stretch he's just so shifty and like you said UCS has been good against the run on a per play basis but they've given up big plays which is what Spears is best at and then Michael Pratt he I don't know if this is gonna make sense but it does in my head he's one of those guys that's just he's not really great at anything and like you, he's not gonna put up huge numbers and you're not really sure why, but like, he's just good at football. Like you just watch him play and you're like, that dude's good at football. I don't know why or what it is about him. He's just good at football. He's basically the opposite of Will Leavis, where Will Levis like cannon arm, super athletic, not good at football. Or Michael Pratt is like, okay, arm, sneaky, athletic, good at football. He just gets the job done. So I like having him there because he, we saw it at Cincinnati. They used a big play late. He came up with it. Both of these defenses have kind of slipped as the season's gone on. Um, they're, they're not, neither one's really playing at a peak level right now where uh, Tulane's offense is humming. And I still trust UCF's offense, especially on the ground. I think we see another shootout here. I, I, I'm not really sure who wins, to be honest. I think either team could win, but I think it's going to be another high scoring back and forth game. I love the over here.
1: And this is the fun thing about the G5, about our, our deep dive podcast in general. The fact that every year there's a chance for a team to have a special season. This would be the Green Wave's first conference championship since 1998 when they had Sean King and uh, Tommy Bowden as their head coach and Rich Rod running the offense that he would end up becoming famous for at West Virginia. So it's just fun to see a fan base really get rewarded. Um, I think it's going to be a zoo at Yeoman stadium um, in new Orleans on Saturday. So um, it, I'm pulling, also, pulling for the, the green wave also to give a shout out. I did call for them as a flyer at the preseason show at 35 to one to win the AAC. So I'm going to have a little hedge there as well for myself.
3: It also is a sense of UCF is going to be in the big 12 next year. It's a kind of, you're fighting, you're fighting for the AAC, you're fighting for the G five. You can't let UCF take that AAC title up to the big 12 but i like the over more so i think both teams are gonna be able to move the ball
1: so no cutting room floor this week we left it all on the gambling fields we got plays for all five of the title games here a reminder to our audience that's the power five conference preview between colin and stuckey is going to come out one day earlier this week so make sure to check your podcast feeds for that And also our college basketball podcast is back on a weekly basis. That's the three-man weave. Um, So by the time you're listening to this, it's probably also available anywhere fine podcasts are sold. So make sure to download, subscribe, like, comment. All of it is really helpful for us. For Mike Ionello, I'm Mike Calabrese. Thank you so much for listening to the Group of Five Deep Dive under the Big Bets on Campus Banner, brought to you by BetMGM. Have a great weekend and enjoy the 10 Commerce Championship games across the entire slate.